Oh, it's the Turning Points Podcast, and you are listening to the Cinematic Escape uh, part of it. I'm Jake Rongholt. You can tweet me at Rongholt Sports. That's R-O-N-G-H-O-L-T Sports. So you can find me on Instagram, Jake Rongholt Sports. All right, we went through the worst movies of 2019 in a way that nobody else did it. We went through the worst trailers. We went through two disappointing movies. We went through four movies that thoroughly disappointed the daylights out of me. And I also gave you the worst theater experience of 2019. Now, as we always say, negativity should not be part of your life. It should only be like a little speck. So, we are about to do now the top 10 best movies of 2019. Keep in mind, there are movies that I have not seen that are not part of this list. So let me just run down the movies that I have not seen yet. I have not seen Frozen 2, Knives Out, Doctor Sleep, Ford vs. Ferrari, Marriage Story, Parasite, and The Lighthouse. So I have not seen those movies, so I cannot put that on there. I have also not seen Joker yet. So here are the top 10 best movies of 2019. This was a tough one, but here we go. Enjoy. All right, let's get into uh, number 10, and that is uh, the one of my favorite superhero movies of the year, a shocker, I thought. It was big for superheroes. Remember that 1988 movie with Tom Hanks? And that was Shazam. I really loved this movie because uh, David Sandberg, the director of one of my favorite horror films, uh, Lights Out, did a terrific job really bringing in some humor into this because we knew that the DCEU was having problems trying to be light on its feet, trying to be funny, and... Shazam is hysterical. There, there's a scene in the gas station when he first becomes Shazam, Billy Batson, and you're laughing yourself silly just of, of some of the absurdity that they try to perform in this, and it just becomes this all-out superhero movie with some good action sequences, and the performances were really good, and I give a lot of credit to Asher and Angel, who played Billy, and then his um, his stepbrother, Jack Dylan Glazer, who played Freddie Freeman. I, I thought Freddie was the scene-stealer of the movie, and the last... 30 minutes, it got me to applaud because what I saw on the screen was awesome. So if you haven't seen it yet, check it out. I, I know it's on HBO somewhere, so find it there. All right, number nine goes to my award for the best incoherent mess of a movie that flat out entertained the hell out of me, or translation, a Michael Bay movie. Yeah, Six Underground. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the daylights out of this. Now, look, the first 40 minutes, I, I had no clue what was going on. All I saw was car chases, beautiful women, explosions. Car chases, explosions, beautiful women. And I also got to see these ridiculous uh, backstories of all the six people. It's about a billionaire playboy that hires six random people out of nowhere who have these particular set of skills fake their deaths, and, you know, go fight evil. And then that's exactly what it is. It's like Michael Bay's idea of a superhero movie, and I bought into it because the last hour and a half of this movie is jaw-droppingly stunt-filled awesomeness. It is. I mean, we got magnets. We got a million-dollar yachts being blown up, car chases, Ryan Reynolds putting out quips, and Ben Hardy, you know, pretty much surfing off uh, the edge of a Roman building. I just... <laughs> When you just talk about it alone, you're either going to be like, ah, not for me, or it was for me. Because I like Michael Bay. I like action movies. Six Underground was that. All right, number eight is the best animated movie of the year. And this is a film that I got to see when I was nine years old, and that was Toy Story. I was so happy I got to see Toy Story 4 one last time because, man, it makes you get the feels, honestly. Uh, there was this, the last 10 minutes of this film. I looked to the left of me. 
I'm with my girlfriend. I'm with my sister and her girlfriend. And there's this woman over here. And all I hear is this. <laughs> That's right. She took a tissue out during an animated movie. She was sitting by her husband blowing her nose. So it, it got to her at that. I mean, I, I won't lie to you. I, I didn't cry, but I really did love it because Tim Allen, Tom Hanks, uh, Tony Hale is Forky. I mean, he kills it, seals every scene in the movie that he's in. Christina Hendricks was, I guess you want to call her a villain, but you know, it's a kid's movie. I enjoyed it for what it was. And I loved, loved, loved that Annie Potts was back in this movie as Bo Peep because the scenes between Hanks and Potts really do work. So you know what? If you love Disney and you love the Toy Story franchise, this is a great way to say to infinity and beyond. Let's get to number seven, and it's my true story movie of 2019. Unfortunately, it was not just Mercy, even though I wanted to see that. But no, it's Jay Roach's Bombshell. I really love this film. Now, there was a documentary, excuse me, a miniseries on Showtime called The Loudest Voice. It was with Russell Crowe as Roger Ailes. He just won a Golden Globe for it. And it was just about... The, the rise and fall of Roger Ailes. And I was a little skeptical going into Bombshell, but this is mainly about the predatory aspect of Roger Ailes and his sexual harassment suit that was started off by Gretchen Carlson of Fox News, played amazingly by Nicole Kidman. She crushes every scene that she's in. But the scene stealer, the best performance of that movie was Charlize Theron as Megyn Kelly. I don't know how she got that monotone voice, that kind of that kind of the hoarseness in her voice and was able to deliver it in that way. It was crazy how good the makeup was in this because she looked just like Megan Kelly. And even Megan Kelly thought that she looked like her. That was the crazy thing when they asked uh, Megan about what she thought about Bombshell. But I love this movie. Roger Ailes is played by John Lithgow. Nails it. Margot Robbie's good. She's in and it's Kayla. There's a scene alone that really shows how scary of a person Roger Ailes was to women. And it's exactly why Gretchen Carlson had enough and sued the guy. And that's how Roger Ailes was pretty much thrown out the door. I also love the cameo and whoever got to play Rupert Murdoch. I'm not telling you, but when you see who play Rupert Murdoch, you're going to stand up and cheer. I love Bombshell. Great movie. Good cast, too. All right, number six uh, goes to the most misunderstood movie. I mean, this started off a culture war. I can't even believe it did. Why did it? I don't know. It's a superhero movie. It's by Marvel. It has Brie Larson. She just won an Academy Award for Room. I mean, Captain Marvel, it was fun. I, I thought it was fun. I mean, it, it it's simple. It, you know, she's an alien life form that crashes down in the 1990s. She fights these things called the Skrulls. And then there's a nice twist in there. Ben Mendelsohn is in this. Annette Benning. I won't lie to you, though. Every time I saw Annette Benning on the screen... I had no idea what the heck she was doing there because her character just felt like, hey, I'm there. I'm some kind of spirit. I don't know. Jude Law, I thought, did really well. I thought he was a good uh, twist in there as well. Good action sequences. A lot of fun. Kind of felt like I was kind of watching like those Star Wars battles. And I really enjoyed it. And I was excited when I saw her in Endgame. And she had just enough to do. I, I thought it was good. I mean, what's wrong with that? Samuel Jackson's good as a DH Nick Fury. Seriously, if you sat back and looked at this movie and you really thought this is like feministic or this is against uh, the male gender or anything get a life speaking about that let's get a life let's get happy let's be proud that we were alive to see 
Avengers Endgame. Man, the Russo brothers just crushed this thing. You know, Infinity War leaves you emotional. Endgame leaves you motivated. Robert Tony Jr. Now look, we love Tony Stark. Okay, I love Tony Stark. Iron Man is one of my all-time favorite movies. And I've never seen the complexity that Robert Downey was able to channel with Tony Stark after he lost Spider-Man in Infinity War because pretty much pretty much uh, Peter Parker was like a like a son to him. That was the crazy thing. And you could just see it in this movie that the way that losing him and building up this family and then Steve Rogers, you know, they're trying to rebuild that friendship that they had because remember it was fractured in Civil War. I thought they did a really good job you know, kind of just like pushing it in slowly, minute by minute. And then suddenly when they need to become friends, when they need to work together, it just works. And I love the way they had time travel. Everybody looked like they were having a great time making this movie. And the last hour, I swear to you, I was like in a reverse version of Big. I went from 33 years old to 10 years old. All those days watching Fox Kids, reading comic books. And there was this little comic book store I used to go to in Burnsville. And I'd walk in, I'd read a couple of comics, buy a couple, walk out, go back in there, do the same thing. Because I was just into the comic book world. And when I saw what they did in the last hour of Endgame, uh, it got me. It got me. Tears were falling from my eyes. I wasn't crying. I just had tears coming down. I, there was no sniffles or anything. But I loved Endgame. I loved the way they did like this big Lebowski aspect of Thor. I thought that really worked nicely. But I'm going on a little too long here. So let's move on. Avengers Endgame, a lot of fun. Loved every minute of it. Number four is my favorite music biopic of 2019. And that's Rocket Band. And director Dexter Fletcher, just, he owns it. He owns it. The way he directs Taron Egerton as Elton John, it's unbelievable. I won't lie to you. Taron Egerton is not trying to be Elton John. He is just channeling what it is like to sing like Elton John. I mean, it's not like a dead-on impression of him, but the way Egerton is as John is insanity. It, it's brilliant. And they also got this great idea. Fletcher does a, this really cool thing where he takes the writing of Lee Hall and makes it into a musical. And there is choreography and dancing and all this, and you're, you're tapping your feet. You're having a great time. I mean, Saturday Night's All Right, Still Standing, Tiny Dancer, all were there. So give a lot of love to this movie, and I, I'm telling you, after you see Rocket Man, you'll also understand to why Bohemian Rhapsody was just okay. Because I don't know how Rami Malek won it for Best Actor for Bohemian Rhapsody, and Taron Egerton got nothing. I don't understand that. I never will. But Rocket Man is one of my favorite movies of the year. Let's go to the top three. Man, this was tough. And keep in mind, I haven't seen movies like Joker or Uncut Gems or Ford vs. Ferrari yet. So when I had to get those ten, top 10 list. I, I had what I had. But number three, I'm a big Quentin Tarantino fan. A friend of mine told me to go back and watch Jackie Brown. So I did. And you know what? When I saw it back then, I hated it. I thought it was Tarantino's worst movie. After I saw it, I actually loved it. And that's how much I loved Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This is... Probably in my top three best Quentin Tarantino movies. I mean, this is probably the best one I've seen uh, since Pulp Fiction. I love this film. From top to bottom, Barbara Ling uh, is being nominated for Best Production Design in the Oscars. I hope she wins it. Because the way that they built up 1969, you think I'm lying. 
I mean, there are certain places in Hollywood that were there in 69 that are not there anymore. And the way that they, they could kind of trick you is pretty incredible. And Brad Pitt, he's finally going to get that Oscar. He's finally going to get that Oscar because he crushes it as stuntman Clint Booth and Rick Dalton played by DiCaprio. I wish DiCaprio would just pull a Tom Hanks, win back-to-back -back awards. He won it for The Revenant. Maybe he can win it for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But I think Joaquin Phoenix is—he's going to win for Joker. I mean, it—it's it, already on the, already on the walls here, and I don't want Joaquin after me anyway. So, but Once Upon a Time in Hollywood it was great. I liked it. It was a fairy tale set in 1969. Margot Robbie is really good in this movie. She plays Sharon Tate. There is a scene where she goes to watch the pajama party in a, a half-pat theater. And she's just watching herself. And the best thing that Tarantino did was, it's not Margot Robbie up there. It's actually Sharon Tate playing the role. And the way that Margot Robbie just looks at it is the way that the audience is looking at it. They're just enthralled by the movie. They they love the performance. They love the characters up there. And that's what I really loved about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And the last, I swear to you, last half hour was the best half hour of 2019 because, oh my goodness, that was sweet, uh, what happens in that scene. I'm not going to tell you, but you got to check it out for yourself. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, number three. All right, best action movie of 2019 that we already, I, you already know because I'm a big Keanu Reeves fan. No, it's not replicas. Come on now. No, it's John Wick 3. Director Chad Stahelski, back in 2014, came up with this little movie called John Wick. It had Keanu Reeves. Everyone's like, really? Do you want to go see this? I wanted to see it. And I was blown away. I saw the second one. I was blown away again. The third movie, I swear I got knocked out of my seat about 15 times because of the action choreography set up by Stahelski. Uh, Reeves is just killing it in every scene that he's in. I mean, the first 20 minutes of this, it's about Wick getting into getting in trouble with the Continental, and they set a bounty on him, and all of these these uh, bounty hunters are going after him, and the ways that Reeves gets away as Wick is... Look, it's fantasy. It's an action movie fantasy land that, you know, action movie junkies like me are just enthralled with, in love with, and I just couldn't get enough of it. I liked the storytelling. I liked how it could become more rich, more layered, and Halle Berry gives a love letter to all dog lovers out there. I'm a dog lover, so when I saw what Halle Berry did in John Wick 3, I stood up and cheered. I'm not kidding. I actually stood up in my chair in a packed theater and cheered. That's how much I loved John Wick 3, and I can't wait for the fourth one next year. But the number one movie, this is a movie I have been waiting for for five years, ever since they greenlit it, ever since they got Martin Scorsese. Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Harvey Keitel, Joe Pesci. And then Netflix gets a hold of this. This movie cost $159 million to make, and it was worth it. It's three hours and 32 minutes of your life that you will love. Because if you love gangster movies, if you like movies like Casino, Godfather 1, 2, and Mean Streets, and New York, New York, and Once Upon a Time in America, then you are going to love The Irishman. Because The Irishman... It leaves you speechless. It's about uh, it's about Frank she uh, Sheeran, who is uh, this legendary hitman for Jimmy Hoffa. But he's also a hitman for this mob boss played by Pesci named Russell Buffalino. And every time Pesci comes on the screen, you 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 don't even know it's Pesci. 
because we know what Pesci's all about. Goodfellas, Casino, he's always screaming and yelling and just owning every scene. But he owns every scene by being subdued, just showing how menacing this mobster character truly is. And that's what makes it work. There's a scene in a hotel where uh, Sheehan and Buffalino are just talking it out during breakfast in the kitchen. And the way Pesci delivers his lines, it, it blows your mind. Like you got to just like sit there, edge of your seat, your nails are right into your, into your skin. And you just can't believe how mean spirited this guy is. But the way Pesci delivers it, subdued, it creeps you out. But De Niro, it crushes every scene he's in. Al Pacino is great as Jimmy Hoffa. It, that is my favorite. That is my favorite portrayal of Hoffa because there's a scene, and I know I said there's a scene about 15 times, but hear me out. There's a scene about being 10 minutes late to a meeting between Pacino's character and Tony Pro, played by Stephen Graham, and the way that he channels Hoffa in that scene alone, it made me want to go to the screen. Shake Al Pacino's hand, give him the Oscar right there. Just give him the Oscar because he was just that good. But, you know, he's already won one percent of a woman. And we know that Brad Pitt's going to win. So that's being said. But if you are a fan of gangster dramas and movies like The Untouchables and all this, you got to see The Irishman. You have to see The Irishman. Three hours and 32 minutes. I promise you, you don't have to watch it more than once. If you want to, go ahead. But. I watched it once. I watch it once a year. That's how it stands. And if I say that, that means I love the movie and I'll never get tired of it. Speaking about that, whew, that was my top 10 movies of 2019. Now, if you have a list or you got a couple of movies that you want me to check out, please go to uh, Twitter and find me at at Sports. That's R-O-N-G-H-O-L-T Sports. Or you can find my Turning Points podcast anytime, day or night on Anchor iTunes, and Stitcher, and we just got picked up by Spotify, so we're pretty excited with that. All right, that'll do it for Turning Points. I want to thank my guests, uh, Chris Krause, Mike Tuck of uh, the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting. Krause is from HostRumors.com, so please check that out. Until next time, we always tell both sides of the story, because in a world of hot takes, you're going to get both sides only right here on the Turning Points Podcast. I'm Jake Rongholt. We'll see you next time on the Turning Points Podcast right here on iTunes.